What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. I'm trying to give me a bag. 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 What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. My name is Hassan Thomas, a.k.a. Primetime Jr. And I'm here with the big prayers, Remy G. How everything going, bro? Talk to us. Man, everything going smooth, my boy. I'm loving my new whip, G-Mobile 2.0. Yes, sir. Well, here at FY Fly, we like to start off our show with a meaningful quote about money. And y'all know this is a show about financial literacy. And financial literacy at its simplest is understanding not only how to budget your money, but being able to save and grow your money effectively and efficiently. And today's quote is coming to you from Ken Hubbard. Ken says, fun is a lot like life insurance. The older you get, the more it costs. And Ken ain't telling no lies, duh. Because the older you get, the more of a risk you are to insurance companies. And that's why they charge you more. But yeah, that was a perfect quote to start off today's show. Because today, we're going to give you everything you need to know about whole life insurance. And then we're going to tap into the specific life insurance that I have. And why I believe it's such a smart play for our FY fly folks around my age. Then we're going to slide straight into our insightful interview with Mr. Brandon Clark. So let's get active. Hold on, partner. You done took the words right out my mouth. My fault, bro. My fault, bro. I'm just excited about today's show because I remember during our third episode, if I remember correctly, it was talking about term life with T. Breck. Yeah, yeah. I got who played for the Chiefs. Facts. I remember you saying we're going to interview another former athlete who's big on insurance, so I'm ready to lock in and see what's the difference. What's up? What's up? Oh, y'all haven't heard? FY Fly just released their new website. Check out the link in the show notes and help us test out our site. Please check our free features, educational resources, and our blog that we update daily. We look forward to hearing from y'all. Now let's dive in. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode too. It's a lot of scattered advice going around the financial literacy community. Some people are for term life insurance, which is what T. Brack was talking about. And some people are for whole life, which is what we'll be talking about today. But now I'm thinking about it, bro. I haven't seen too many people who are big components for both. I think we should start off by giving out some FYI fly fundamentals of term life and whole life insurance. So term life is a type of policy that provides coverage over a set period of time. It could be set for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Man, y'all get the point. So with term life, it only covers you for a specific set of time. So if you die in between the set years, your death benefit from your insurance will be paid to your beneficiaries, which will most likely be your kids or any loved one you want to make sure it's straight when you're gone. The best time to look into term life is when you have children or people depending on your income. It's beneficial because not only would you be paying much less than you would for whole life insurance, but your family's completely protected too. Now see, this is where I feel like the difference in advice lies. I feel like whole life insurance is a good play at a younger age, and term life is a good play like you said, when you have children or someone you need to protect. Life insurance in general is necessary to build generational wealth for your loved ones after you pass. But which type of life insurance? Now that's the real question. So what's funny, bro, our guest is actually the agent who sold me my life insurance that I purchased in May of this year. So before I get into the reasons I decided to make this play, let's touch on what exactly whole life insurance is. So whole life insurance is just as you might have guessed it. Insurance that lasts your whole life. If you make them payments or premiums, as they call them. Facts, G. Unlike term life insurance, though, whole life insurance has a cash value savings account. Hold on there, CEO. You done said cash. Now you got my attention. As I should, as I should. So with whole life insurance, your payments or premiums are split up. 
Some of your premiums go to your death benefit while the other portion goes to your cash value savings account. Bro, I ain't never heard of that. Cash value? That's wild. I'm already knowing. Whole life insurance is what some of the biggest companies in the world like Disney and Walmart used to acquire their wealth. And most people would never know that. Just like we didn't know that the banks are taking our money, trading and investing with it, and then giving us back 0.003%. Facts. So if we see all the biggest and wealthiest people making these plays, what's stopping us from doing the same? Education. Yup. That used to be the case, but now they got the FYI fly guy, so we shouldn't have no more excuses. Facts. But bro, what would you say are some of the pros and cons of whole life compared to term life? I would say one of the pros is that the premiums are fixed and most likely would never go up. Well, that's the same thing with term life, bro. Yeah, true. But term life ain't got that cash value savings account, my boy. I feel like that cash value account is a major play for multiple reasons. One, it gives you another place to diversify your money. Two, your money grows tax-free just like a Roth IRA. And three, you can actually borrow against your money and treat yourself as the bank. Come on now, son. You mean they ain't teach us none of this, bro? What you mean we can treat ourselves like a bank? Yes, bro, it's wild. So right now, let's actually use my life insurance policy for example. I'm paying about 200 a month for my whole life insurance policy. And they split up my 200 between my death benefit and my cash value savers account. So say an emergency happened. Matter of fact, we ain't even to put that negativity out there. Let's say I didn't came up on a real estate play and I need some OPM, other people's money to make this play happen. Well, what I could do is borrow from my insurance policy, pay 3% interest, while my money stays in my account, gaining 7 to 10% interest on it. Hold on, wait a minute. Slow your roll, son. Where did the investing piece come from, bro? You just gonna throw that in there like that? My fault, my fault, General. So say I have a different type of whole life insurance called IUL, which is an indexed universal life policy. What's special about this policy is the money in your cash value saving account gets invested into the stock market or indexes that track the S&P 500. Mr. Fly said he loves him some ETFs and indexes. No cap, you know it, boy. So what are the negatives, bro? Because all this sounds like an amazing play that I'm about ready to hop on after the podcast. You asked for it, so here they come, man. So when people compare term to whole life, they talk about two main things, the price and the choice of mixing investing with insurance. So on average, you would pay $20 to $60 a month for term life compared to whole life, which is between $200 and $500 a month. So some people are like, why buy the whole life insurance when you could buy the term and save money? Oh, that's what T-Brack was getting his saying. Buy the term and invest the difference. Exactly. But the big thing about that is folks out here buying the term and spending the difference. <laughs> Going out sad, G. But I think we gave the FY Fly folks a nice little intro to whole life. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and slide into our insightful interview with Mr. Brandon Clark. Let's go. Yo, this your boy CEO Sonny, a.k.a. The Kid That Did. And before we really jump into our show, I just wanted to let y'all know I've officially dropped my clothing line HRTs, and we're starting off with our four flagship designs. We have CEO, creating everyday opportunities. For my FY Fly ladies out there, we have WWW, Women With Wealth. For my FY Fly fellas, because y'all know we can't leave y'all out, we also have our investment shirts. And last but not least, we have our run-up-a-check shirts. Thank y'all for tapping in with us. The link will be in the show notes. Hope y'all enjoy the show. Let's go. What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. And today we are speaking with licensed financial professional, Mr. Brandon Clark, straight from Silicon Valley, California. What's going doing, on, everybody? Bro? What's going on? What's going on, man? I appreciate you, Hassan, for having me here. Love being with FYI Fly, the movement, 
the podcast, man. the app coming soon. I can't wait for it, man. I you you telling me about all this all this stuff coming out. I'm <laughs> like, man, I gotta step my game up. You got an app, <laughs> you got all this stuff. I'm like, shoot, let me. I gotta I gotta hook up with you more often. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we all we all bringing it together, man. It's a whole yeah. big financial community. Yeah, you know man, what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, Absolutely. man, I'm I'm so excited to have you here, man. You know, I love how you on your platforms you really aim to connect the bridge between entertainment and education and that's honestly what we do here as well right, you know y- your post really caught my attention whether you're starting off playing you know some kodak some 21 <laughs> savage some uh-huh. nipsey <laughs> you, know, you know i love it man yeah. uh-huh because hey the man hey the, the man be about that money man and so i i <clears throat> so you all this is what this is what i learned man mm. especially if you're talking about money money makes a lot of people i feel like money makes a lot of people uncomfortable because mm. a lot of people don't don't have money and it's painful it's a painful conversation so people tend to shy away from things that that are normally painful mm-hmm. and so i'm like well how can we make you know learning about money fun and i was like well i like music i like rap music why not put them both together i feel like a lot of other people like rap music especially people who look like you and me exactly you know, that's what we do and so i'm like well how about we just mix them mix them in together and then just see what it do and you know yeah. what is what does all rap music talk about? Running up a check, this and that, getting getting this bag, getting this bag. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with us, with our with what we're doing, this financial uh-huh. community, we need to switch the the mindset of spend it, get it right back, to let's uh-huh. save it, let's let's reinvest uh-huh. that money. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely, man. And um, that's that's so important. You know, um, I think we'll we'll probably probably dive into a little bit a little bit of a little bit more about this when I when I kind of start going in, into my background and uh, some of the mentors who were helping me uh, when I was I'm gonna say a pup in the business I still I'm still uh-huh. a pup you know what I'm saying because uh, <laughs> but um, they used to say man if you want to make a lot of money you stay out of the black community that's what, that's what they that's what they used to say and mm. um, if you look at the numbers. The average household net worth of a white family is about $170,000 as compared to an African-American family. It's only $17,000 average net worth. And so on the outside looking in, if you're a financial advisor or if you, you got a product or something, I guess you're trying to sell. It would, I guess it would almost make sense to, to stay out of the black community because if you're looking at just the numbers, Mm-hmm. The white community, 170,000 net worth versus the black community, 17,000 net worth. I look at that and say, all that means to me is that black people are just spending more money. That's, you know what I'm saying? And not really yeah. saving it or controlling their assets the way they should because they don't have really the, the education or the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, our community are some of the biggest spenders on the planet. And we, and we make up, and we make a lot of money, you know, believe it or not. Uh, African Americans make a lot of money. And so you hear this term a lot talking about uh, spending money in, in your community and, you know, circulate dollars in the black community. I'm all I'm all for that. I definitely believe in it. But I think financial education and literacy is more important than just spending money in the community. You definitely. know what I'm saying? Because if you spend the money in the community and you don't know how to spend the money, you're not going to solve the problem because you're still spending money. Yep. That's what, what we're doing with the money. You know what I'm saying? We got to yeah. do stuff with it. You know what I mean? I hope I can share a little bit of light on it of what I've been doing, you know. Most deaf. So before we get into that, give us a little bit about you, your background, and, you know, how you got started. All right, man. So I'm a a country boy, all right? 
You know, I'm, I'm claiming Silicon Valley, California, <laughs> but you know, I say I grew up. I grew up in Newberry, South Carolina, very small town, literally probably maybe twenty thousand people. You know, in that town. Shout out Newberry, the Berry Patch, eight hundred three. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but uh, after, um, so I, I was one of them kids, man. I was always involved in a lot of different activities. I was in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. Uh, I ran track. I played football, basketball, like you name it. I, I did it. But I even knew just at a young age that I wanted to do something big with my life. And I mm. thought it was going to be playing professional football. I mean, what African-American boy, especially in the South, <laughs> don't dream of growing up playing some type of professional sport right. <clears throat> you know it's just it's just it's 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 true it's sad but it is true uh because you know just as kids we 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 tend to admire people that look like us you know and we admire all kids i feel like admire people in status you know what i'm saying and so one of those ways to get status is you know be an entertainer or, um, you know, do something so you can have a lot of money. And so mm -hmm. I just knew knew from that age, I was like, man, I saw where I was living and I used to watch a lot of TV. And I was like, man, I wanna, you know, live in one of those places or live in a house like that. And I thought football was my ticket out. So uh, that's what I did. Same here. Same you? Okay, all right. Same here. <laughs> Same here, all right. So, so um, but, but there's a blessing in the skies, man, because football taught me a lot of life lessons as far as like teamwork, you know, discipline, uh, motivation, and just doing things that you don't necessarily feel like doing, but doing them anyway. And uh, so, this is life lessons that that you need in business as well. For those of you who are listening, want to start a business, <laughs> that's yeah, it's gonna take a lot know, of determination. Take a lot of determination. Things you don't want to. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I used to wonder this, man. Uh, you used to, I used to uh, interview for jobs, and they used to wonder if you had if you played sports in college. Mm. You know, and I used to wonder, I'm like, why do they ask if you you play sports in, in college? You know what I'm saying? And uh, looking at it now, it's because of the skills that you learn. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the skills that you learn that translate into business or just translate into life. This is life skills. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so, but uh, fast forward, after high school, I moved to California um, because my mom actually lived in California. Uh, not a lot of people know this about me. Well, actually, probably nobody knows this about me unless you and my family. But uh, my, my, my grandmother raised me, you know, so uh, mm. I didn't necessarily have a father figure directly in my life growing up. You know, I had uncles, you know, uh, my dad was around, but, you know, he had another family out in Maryland. And, you know, we, we talked and stuff, but it was kind of just me. Grew up with my grandmother. Mm. God bless her. She's still living, 90, kicking it, doing her thing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's <laughs> you amazing. Know? But uh, after high school, I kind of had reached this crossroads of, okay, well, what's next? Mm. Do I go get a job, work at Lewis Rich or the plant, which is, you know, where most people work, where I'm from, because it ain't really like nothing else to do. Just little mm. plants and stuff like that you can work at. Or I could pursue my dream of playing college football. Uh, wasn't getting any, any like serious looks out of high school. Uh, so my mom, who was in California at the time, said, well, why don't you come out here and live with me? She had been trying to get me to go like move and live with her, but I was settled in in mm -hmm. South Carolina, had my friends and stuff like that. So I didn't really want to move. But shoot, after high school, I was like, well, might as well go out there and see, and see what's up. <laughs> go to the west side. West side, man, you know. And uh, and then all my, my, my friends were jealous too. Like, man, he going to California, man, he going. You know, but <laughs> but I, I I wanted to leave, but I kind of didn't want to leave, you know, because uh, 
all of the friends and family that I kind of like left left there. And I didn't really know when I was going to see them again. But uh, I left to play football. Ended up going to a junior college uh, called De Anza College, which is actually in Cupertino, California. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who rocking the you know the AirPods and got iPhones, you know that's where Apple is located. You know, and so literally okay. Apple's like right down the street from from that school. So I played ball there my first year. First year, crowded backfield, but I was good enough to where I was taking the majority of the carries. You know, okay. and I started getting some like serious looks from like schools like Cal, you know, Oregon State, Pac Pac Ten schools it was Pac Twelve mm-hmm. now, but it was Pac Ten back then. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my my second year, you know, I had stuff lined up, all ready to go, and you know, I was just gonna ball out. I was gonna be able to pick the school of my choice, depending on how well I did that year. Mm-hmm. Very first game of the year, I tore my ACL, blew out my knee, nice. and so it was literally like the Friday Night Lights booby mile story. For real, <laughs> that's For what real. It was. yeah, that's what it was, man. And um, so I was devastated, you know. Of, of course, I think anybody would be devastated, you know, lifelong dream with a, a catastrophic injury, you know, like an ACL tear. Okay. Uh, but I, I worked back, uh, but I didn't, obviously I didn't go to the NFL, <laughs> but I did get a football scholarship to uh, Pittsburgh State University, which is out in Kansas. Shout out my gorillas, if you're listening to this, Pitt State, all right? And so, and so uh, true story, I was 22 at that time. Um, and I had my first son at about at 22. Right? Mm. So it was at I was at that point in my life where I was like, I'm young, I got a kid, I got to make some money though. And so I deal with most people with doing that situation. I just got a job, you know. Ended up kind of just working my jobs here and there, you know, check to check, not really putting a lot of thought into life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said we might we might end up going deep. Man, you know let's do it. We might, we might end up going deep, man. I, I was, I was basically for a lot eight years from like uh, twenty eight to to twenty nine and a half or so. It was kind of like sleepwalking through life, where it was literally just check, uh, check, party, mm-hmm. check, party. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. that was like literally like mostly my twenties, and um, I didn't really under understand kind of like what I was doing at at the time. But then mm-hmm. I look up one day. And uh, I was 30 and I was working for AT&T. Shout out AT&T and all my friends and family that are working at AT&T. Hold it down. Yes, you sir. <laughs> you know, um, but I was working there and I was like, man, this can't be life. I had one of them, one of them epiphanies. Is it called an epiphany? Yeah, something like, like that. One of the moments, like whatever <laughs> something, it is. Something I just like remember, that. I remember I was standing there. I was like, this can't be my life. <laughs> uh-huh. I was literally like, it's like, I was like, this can't be my life. I got to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about going back to school. Um, I thought about, you know, just doing a lot doing a lot of different things. But number one, going back to school, uh, because my dad is actually a radiologist. So he he's makes really good money. And I was like, well, maybe I could just go do that because I'm money, I'm a money motivated person. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if money is involved, I want to get to it. You know what I'm saying? Because money is freedom for me. You know, having, yeah. having, having enough money to do what I need to do. Is freedom, and I just wanted to to have enough money to do what I needed to do without having to stress or worry about money. You know what I'm saying? We should never have mm-hmm. to stress or worry about money. You know that's that's the goal that we we got right yeah. now, man. But yeah, yeah. I want to touch on something that you said yeah. real quick. Uh-huh. So you said you were living paycheck to paycheck for you know mm-hmm. most of your twenties. Mm-hmm. What could we tell you know the the twenty year olds listening now? 
that just feel that they can just put it off until they're 30, you know, like like you did. You know, what can we tell them now so they can, you know, lock in and be prepared to to not live paycheck to paycheck, to really be smarter with their finances and what's going in and what's going out? Well, let me let me try to use an analogy Mm. or a metaphor. We've all we've all been in school. We've all had assignments and things that we needed to turn in, like an exam or a, a book report, whatever it is. There's two ways we can do that. We could either do it as soon as we get the assignment and be done with it, or we can wait until the last minute. You know what I'm saying? Whichever ain't no wrong way in doing it. You can both, you can get it done, but more times than not, the person who starts right away ends up getting a better grade on the assignment. Why? Because they took their time. They was able to plan it out. They didn't just have to rush and throw a bunch of stuff together at the last minute. Mm -hmm. That's what our life is like. That's what our that's finances a great analogy. Like. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. like from your, if you break down your life in like a game of four quarters, just mm-hmm. like a game, any type of game, the first quarter is from age zero to twenty. You're not really making no money at that age. You know that's y- 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 your young years. The next two quarters, from uh, twenty to forty, and forty to sixty. Well, let's hit on twenty to forty. Twenty to forty is where you um, start really making money. You know, mm-hmm. you start. You know, buying stuff, maybe a home. You maybe start having some kids, cars. Hopefully, you start to invest. Uh, but if not, and you wait till like most people, you'll start at forty and forty to sixty, because um, believe it or not, most people start investing at forty. And the reason why they start investing at forty is because they staring at well, they're probably at a point in their life where they was like, man, this ain't it. They probably. I hit 40 early. I hit 40 at 30. Thank God. Uh-huh. I hit it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So like, yeah. like mentally, and I and you, and you just wake up, and they, and normally they say, like, I got to do something, mm. you know? And so they, that's when they start scrambling. So those are the, the late people, you know? And I seen this post on your page uh, earlier today where you had a side-by-side comparison of somebody who I think started at 20 years old and once somebody started at 25, mm. and they both invested the same amount of money. But the person who started five years earlier had over a half a million dollars more than the person who waited five years. Exactly. Just five years. Five years. That's called a time value of money. Mm-hmm. You know, the time value of money. So actually, actually waiting five years actually cost you a half a million dollars. And so most people want to push it off and procrastinate and say, oh, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. But if we flipped it and and we can't and I went to a person, and I said, well, look, man, you could you can continue to push it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, you can't afford two fifty a month to save right now. Okay, that's cool. Well, you telling me that you can't afford to save two fifty a month right now is almost like you throwing away fifty thousand dollars a year. It really is. Aff- though. It really is because that's what you that's what you're gonna cost yourself in the back end. Just, they call that the opportunity cost. That's called opportunity cost, man. You, yeah. you just cost you cost that you you cost yourself a big opportunity. Half a million dollars. What could you do with a half a million dollars? Man. What can you do with it, son? Half a million right now. You had. Man, I'm getting into that real estate, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh-huh. I'm jumping uh-huh. into that real estate. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> and me both. Some, some income producing assets. assets. That's what I'm about uh-huh. to do. Income producing assets, man. But yeah, that 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 whole thing like procrastinating. Um, we we can't really wait, bro. The longer mm-hmm. we wait, the more the bigger of a hole we dig ourselves in. You know, most people come to me, they at 40. Most men, and there's a lot of men come to me at about 40, 40 mm-hmm. years old. 
and they got to put away almost four times as much, five times as much, sometimes six times as much money than they would have if they would have just started at 20 years old. You know, twenty or $200 a month is manageable. When you talk about $1,500, $1,600 a month that you got to now save, that's, that's tough. That's tough. That's, that's, a, that's a mortgage. And then on top of that, you probably got a mortgage at that time too. And so, man, if you listen to this in your 20s, man, it don't matter where, where what you got. Just get started. You know, just get started. Yeah, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad you hit on that. Brought that up. Most deaf, but now nah, I'm ready to tap into that life insurance, man. Okay, you want to talk you know, about that life insurance? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. You know, most of us, right. most of us, including myself, have uh, only thought of life insurance as something you need when you're settled down with the family, so you can have money to pass down. You know, just in case something was to happen. But you know, from listening to you, this is not the only purpose of life insurance. So you know, I'm I'm ready to really dive in, man. All so right. let's let's start with the cash value life insurance. Tell my audience what that is. And how is it different from other life insurances? Because not all life insurances are the same with that type of cash value accounts, right? Right, right. And so, so audience, I want you to hear this and hear me clear. If you hear the words cash value, what does that mean to you? Mean some cash? Cash, <laughs> right? That's that's all I need. That's all I really needed to know about it. Cash value. What? Now you got my attention because, like I said. Yeah. If we talking about money, I got to be around it. Yes, because sir. like I said, for me, money is freedom. The more I know about money, I feel like the more free I can become. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like cash value life insurance is basically a savings account inside of a life insurance policy. The reason why it is inside of a life insurance policy is because there are only two, I'm going to count them out, two tax-free accounts in the entire IRS tax code. Number one being the Roth IRA, which kind of most people kind of know about, right? Mm-hmm. Number two being cash value life insurance, right? And so from a tax efficiency standpoint, like I'm, I'm we can all, I'm gonna use another metaphor. Everybody's had a job, hopefully, before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you got two you got two parts to your paycheck. What's what's the big number? You got a gross pay, which is the big number before tax, mm-hmm. and then you got your net pay, which is after tax. And so let me ask you guys this question. If you had an option to take home your gross pay versus your net pay, which one would you take? I'm taking that gross. Gross pay. So why not save our money in accounts to where they can grow for us, to where mm-hmm. we can gross the amount it grows by instead of uh, taking a net cost home? You see what I'm saying? And so most, a lot of people don't know this. The uh, cash value life insurance is really rich. This is where rich people hide their money. I'm going to just put it that way. Just, that's basically as blunt as I can put it is that that is what rich people do with their money. Life insurance and real estate. They go hand in hand together. While life insurance, well, number one, is tax free. Number two is, is flexible, meaning you can pull money out from it. You can you can use that money. You could actually you could even borrow against that money. So is that, that money that we're pulling? Is that our money or how, how does that work? Can you explain that? So it, it's your money that you put in plus whatever your money grows to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like and so that's why I say whenever whenever people sit down with me and, uh, and, and ask about life insurance, I got to help them just have a basic no, uh, knowledge of, of, of finance, meaning like interest, compound interest. How, how does that even work? Because you'd be surprised. Not a lot of people know. 
you know. Well, I feel like I feel like my audience, you know, this season two, so uh, you know, we two, got past, right. we done got past season got one, it. so everybody listening <laughs> better know what cop out interest is. For sure, for sure, man. So like in in, in a life insurance contract, let's say I put in. $10,000 and you know, I get a return of $1,000. So now I got 11,000 total, mm -hmm. right? I can, I can withdraw that money if I want to. That would be, that wouldn't be a smart thing to do. There's a, there's a better way to do it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Which, which we'll kind of go into detail with. Uh, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around just through words. That's why I like to do pictures and draw on my whiteboard. You see mm -hmm. some of the videos and stuff, uh, but that's essentially how it works. You can withdraw it or you can leverage it or borrow against it, all right. And, and so, um, borrow borrow against. Let's 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 try to grasp this concept. Let's say you you have a hundred thousand dollars and it's earning you a seven percent return. Seven mm. percent. That's that's a solid return on investment. Most to add on top of that is tax free. So that's a hundred thousand earning seven percent annual tax free. That's like seven grand just for having the money saved in the account. Mm. Now, let's say there's a house or a car or whatever it is something that you want to buy, and you got the money saved up. You always hear this this uh, this phrase: "Never go into debt. Debt is bad." Well, not necessarily true all mm. the time. There's two types of debt: you got debt that costs you money, and you got debt that makes you money. There's a difference. Yep. You see what I'm saying? I saw another um, the the guy you I, on your on your page. You had a guy who was had a rental car business. Oh yeah, my man Ralph Jarvis. Ralph Jarvis, yeah, yeah, yes and, sir. And, and I, I didn't get to catch all of it, but I'm assuming that some of those cars had payments or or leases on them, mm. right? So technically, that's a debt because he has to owe on that monthly payment. But those cars are out making money, and yep. the money that it's making is paying for. The, the car note itself and he's making a profit turning that liability to, into an turn asset. liability into an asset exactly and so that's that's called leverage mm -hmm. so debt is meant to be leveraged right and so if you can take debt and use it to produce money it's not it's not a liability but if you take debt and just use it to consume something that's not going to make you any money now it's a liability because you spent the money uh, and it's gone it's gone forever mm -hmm. without without realizing this I'm, I'm gonna get back into the cash cash value life insurance, but whenever you borrow money or take a loan out, you're basically borrowing money from your future self mm. because you're creating a point in time where you have to either reduce the amount uh, that you spend because you got to pay off that debt or you got to increase the amount of money that you make. Mm. That's only two ways to get. That's the only two ways to get out of debt. Deep, you uh, got to make more money than you spend, or you got to um, spend less than you make to get out of debt. Simple now, as that. As simple as that. Now let's go back to the life insurance and how, how you leverage that. Got a hundred thousand in my, my cash account, earning seven percent. Mm -hmm. I could withdraw it, but Hassan, if I took a hundred thousand dollars out of that account and spent it, now what? What happens to that hundred thousand? It's going down. Yeah, it's gone, right? This that's just it. Mm -hmm. And so what if I could not take my hundred thousand? But maybe borrow a hundred thousand, and 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 I, and instead of me borrowing a hundred thousand from a bank, you know, it's gonna charge me six, seven percent, or put it on a credit card or whatever. I can borrow from my insurance company and mm -hmm. only pay them three or four percent. Okay. All right. And so if I'm paying, 
if my money is making 7% in one pocket or in one account, but the loan only costs me 3%, then I'm making money on that money that I'm spending on that difference. That's a 4% spread. That's a 4% spread on me leveraging against that, that, that life insurance policy. And so from a, from, from life insurance being a tool perspective, there is literally nothing else that you can do that with other than real estate. So when we pull, when we uh, borrow that money, our money is still growing in that account while mm-hmm. we pull that well, other money? If, if it's set up correctly, if it's properly structured, properly funded, and you do, it's called a variable loan or called an index loan. Mm-hmm. And so there's, so in, in life insurance terms, there's different ways of taking out money. You can withdraw it. That's just like withdrawing money from a bank account. Um, they have what they call fixed loans, which are fixed loans, which is... Uh, they, they take your money out of the account. They put it in a fixed account where they charge you, let's say, a 2% rate. But then they also credit your account 2%. And so what's your net cost? 0%. It's really just an interest-free loan, right? In that scenario, your money's not making any money with a fixed loan. But in an index or a variable loan, then now your money still participates in the index or whatever crediting strategy that you, you select within inside of the policy, mm. right? And so... You get to earn full market participation or not market participation. And well, it depends on what kind of account you got. But you get to your money still gets to earn in your account while you borrow the, the insurance company's money. You see what I'm saying? You, you're mm-hmm. only responsible to pay back the interest rate. You don't even have to pay back the loan. Why don't you have to pay back the loan? Well, that's what the life insurance death benefit is for. Right. Mm-hmm. The loan does get paid back, but it gets paid back after you die. For example, I got a million dollar life insurance policy. Let's mm-hmm. say I took out $100,000 from that policy. I never paid it back. When I die, instead of a million, my fam- instead of my family getting a million, they would get 900,000. <laughs> That's still good, right? They could be happy with 900,000. You see what I'm saying? And so, yeah. and so from just a using it as a tool in, in that way I described, it's almost like a cash back credit card, except you don't gotta pay. <laughs> the card off technically exactly, <laughs> exactly. you see what I'm saying it can, get, it can get crazy man it can get wild with these, with these insurance policies these days man you know and that's why I really wanted to bring you on here man because mm-hmm. this is something that that can literally change the game for us mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. because like I said a little earlier every well, a lot of people especially my generation we only think of life insurance as that death benefit Something to pass back down. So knowing that we can leverage that and mm-hmm. use life insurance as an investment yeah. is, is huge. It's yeah. huge because I've been looking into purchasing an IUL or a index universal life policy because the growth potential paired with the ability not to lose your investment. So right. can you go deeper into that for us and the All benefits right. of that IUL? All right. So so with the IUL, man, um, so there there's three types of life insurance policies or cash value life insurance policies. Mm-hmm. The first one is whole life. That's the original. That's the OG. I like to call it the iPhone one of life insurance. That's, okay. that's what it is. Um, that's the one where we were talking a little bit earlier where you get the guarantee because you, you're paying for mm-hmm. a guarantee of whatever that rate is going to be. Usually it's about 4%. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, at a fixed rate. The second type that came out was known as variable universal life. And so what a variable universal life policy is, is a life insurance policy that actually allow you to have mutual funds 
inside of the life insurance policy. So mm -hmm. what's good about that? Well, there's no limit on how much you can make is determined on whatever the market does. So if the market gives you 30%, guess what? You can make 30%. Okay. But what's the bad thing about that? Market loses, then what? You lose. Oh, you know, you, 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 lo you lose a little your, bit of risk. You lose it's, risk. It's, it's some, it's some risk. It's some risk there involved. And so mm -hmm. to really understand like the for, for, for someone who's young in a variable universal life policy, it's, it's not that it's riskier, but it's not that big of a risk because you got a lot longer of a time to make it up. But mm -hmm. where something like a variable policy can hurt you is on the back end when you get like 60, 70, 80 years old. And let's say you take 50 percent hit to your cash account, mm -hmm. you know. Then now you could risk maybe even losing your policy if you don't got enough money to cover the cost of the policy inside of there. And so that's something that that we got to plan for. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's just we know it's there, yep. which which leads us to the indexed. And so the index has only been around for about 25 years since about like 90, about 1996 has been around. And okay. so literally it's basically the best of both worlds. It basically kind of takes a, the, the guarantees of a whole life with the upside potential of a variable contract and puts them together. And so what happens is when the market goes up, your money will go up with the market. But when the market mm -hmm. goes down, your money locks in, you get to keep your principal. All right. Market goes up again. Your money goes up and so mm -hmm. on and so on and so on. Right. And so just based on historical averages, you can expect seven and a half percent. That's just what it's done. That's just the data. Um, mm -hmm. They typically track an index like a, most most popular S&P 500, you know, that's normally the one that most people choose whenever they do an index policy. And so your money is not actually in the stock market. That's the main difference between an index universal life and a variable universal life. Mm -hmm. In the index universal life, your money is not in the stock market. They just use the stock market as a crediting strategy. Okay. Now, the reason why they use it as a crediting strategy is because the S&P 500 it's very transparent. Anybody can go Google that and look at it and see what it is today. So what is that just for some people <laughs> who may not know? Standard & Poor's 500, man. That's the top 500 uh, companies in the uh, U.S. economy. That's basically the benchmark or the U.S. standard of, of stocks. Okay. Right. And so, yeah, Standard & Poor's 500. So that's your fame stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, uh, Google. What's the other the one? The heavy hitters. The heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's them, you know. And so, um, but how it works though, basically is when, are you, are you familiar at all with like options? Have you ever yeah, heard of options? With stock options? Stock options, right. Yep, I'm, I'm about to learn how to trade on. Okay, got it. Recently. Okay, so that's how they make money at index universal life policies. They don't actually they, invest in They trade in them. options? They trade options. They buy options, calls and puts, wow. which is which is insurance. So you check, if you, if you uh, Google define what is an option or a, a stock option, it is literally insurance. <laughs> That's what it would say, insurance. So insurance companies are basically buying insurance in the stock market to where they can make money. And so they get, they make money on market movement, not necessarily the market going up because we all know the market goes up and down every single day. Yep. All right. And so that's what they do is they take these options. And when we invest in the policy, they'll take, take a portion of that money. They'll buy the uh, call, the call options. And so if the money, if the market goes up, we, we're going to make, we're going to earn. That's how they can pay us. If it goes down, the options just expire. We don't lose. We keep our principal. And so okay. that's that's normally credited on an annual point to point basis. I, I would not be able to explain that just through literally words. I got to draw that out.
you know, we're going to funnel them back to your, back to your right. Instagram page. Yeah. When you, so they're going to be able to see, see them videos because sure. I'll be watching your joints every day, every time you yeah. post, man. All right, now. All right, I appreciate that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, but I do remember you saying on one of your videos that everyone uh, may not be eligible for that IUL. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us why is that? So with life insurance, that's the key word, insurance. Mm-hmm. And so insurance companies are in risk management, meaning the riskier something is, they are not going to touch it. They're going to stay away from it. So in order to qualify for a life insurance contract, the very first thing that you've got to qualify for is the life insurance, which means you have to be healthy enough to qualify mm-hmm. for it. Right. And guess what? We're never going to be younger and healthier than we are right now. So, so the longer we wait, the higher the cost. <laughs> that's just that's point blank. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We this is always go back to getting started while you're younger, especially like man, if you if you ain't young mid twenties, I got these for my kids. You know, my kids got these accounts. Mm-hmm. So by the time they in their twenties, they're gonna be straight. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I'm a generational like, wealth. Yeah, for real. I'm only putting like a hundred bucks in there <laughs> a oh, month wow. for each for each of them. But it, it's so cheap. And the benefit is so good that I'm gonna look up 15 years from now, it's gonna be thousand, uh, almost 100,000 in there, just depending on how how the market is doing. Mm-hmm. But that's the number one qualification is health. Second qualification is the background. So, like we said, insurance companies are in risk management. So if you got felonies, you got uh, misdemeanors. Sometimes they won't approve you. Um, DUIs, if you got multiple DUIs, they definitely are not going to approve you. You got to wait a certain amount of time uh, or or they'll rate you and, and your cost will be higher. You know, so if the cost is too high, sometimes it's not really worth doing an uh, insurance policy. Um, if the if the cost is not going to outweigh the or if the cost outweighs the performance. Mm-hmm. So those are the two. The last thing well, I just kind of hit on right now, financially, you must be able to qualify for this thing financially. Financially means you must be able to put aside, put comfortably set aside amount an amount that you can afford not to touch so what would you say the average monthly payments would be you know for somebody who's 20 30 still young and pretty healthy what would you say the average uh i would say in the if young 20s i would say before 25 average is about 200 Mm -hmm. 200 and this isn't like a 200 like locked up in a 401k 200 like man i can't touch that until i'm 59 and a half this is a 200 like okay i put in 200 if i need to get out about 150 i can get out 150 for an emergency you know what i'm saying it's, it's a lot more flexible and that and that's respect. that loan that you were talking about they're going to give us a loan for that 150 mm-hmm. correct while our money is still mm-hmm. in there yeah. making that percentage return right absolutely okay. absolutely and you can pay it back or you don't pay it back it's really up, up to you <laughs> how, how you decide to do it um and then i'll say the older you get the more you got to put aside the older you get, the more you put aside. So, like somebody in their thirties, you're looking at five hundred a month, easy, at least five hundred. Saving, all right. That, now, luckily, now luckily, you talking to your man with a plan, Brandon Anthony Clark, and I happen to be involved with a very, very, very special group of uh, individuals in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and we're basically pioneering the design of a life insurance contract that. It's not really designed for you to save money in it. It's really more designed for you to flow money in it. And when I say flow, that means put money in and take money out, right? Okay. Because we all know that most people are limited on the amount of money they can save. 
right? So mm-hmm. let's, but but everybody spends everybody spends more money than they can save, right? Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. And so, what if we could create a cash reserve account with the money that you spend versus the money that you save, so that you could actually make money by spending money instead of just saving it? So, why do you think more people aren't taking advantage of this million dollar play? You know, you get to build wealth for your loved ones and for yourself. You know, it seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah, man. Well, people fear what they don't understand. Life insurance is one of those things that people don't understand. If it was me and I didn't don't understand something, I'm definitely not going to put my money in it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, more times than not, people go off of what they hear versus doing their own research. Yeah. You know? Also, in order to qualify for a life insurance policy, you do have to speak with a licensed life insurance agent or a financial advisor who has a life license. And all of them aren't that great. I'm going to just be honest. All of them aren't that great. <laughs> so um, I used to not be great at what I do. So I can say that. Mm-hmm. I sucked. <laughs> I sucked when I got started. <laughs> but but um, sometimes you can work with somebody who is not as experienced or they don't have all of the information to, to accurately present it to you in a way that you can understand or uh, give you an application that you can use specifically for yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And so, if somebody has a negative experience, we all know that one negative experience will will outweigh a hundred positive experiences. Fact. Like if if our first impression, if your first impression of me was like a negative experience, then you are just not gonna 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 fool with me. You gonna always mm-hmm. have that that lasting memory of that negative impression. Yep. So sometimes people have that impression with with life insurance. You know, um, it is easy to get a life insurance license, I would say, in most most places. And so sometimes agents get into the business because they're money hungry. They want to make money because this is a, a great business to where you can make money, support your family, while also helping a lot of other people make money, which is more important. Yes, sir. <laughs> so put yourself in my audience shoes. You know, uh-huh. you're in high school, college. You just graduated. What are your next money moves that we should be doing right now? All right. The very first thing I'm going to do is learn how to make money without getting a job. That's the very mm. first thing I'm going to do. Monetize yourself. Monetize yourself, man. You're going to be, you are your number one asset. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned, what I mean by learn how to make money is develop yourself some skills, some skills that people will pay for. You know, some skills that you don't necessarily have to get a job. Like you can get a job, like jobs are great. But always have a side hustle, right? Yes, sir. Because you could always lose a job, but you can never lose your skills. Because it's just like it's like driving a car. You can't forget mm-hmm. how to drive a car, can you? Nah, no, but that's sir. the. But at one point, you didn't even know how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. But you learn. So money works the same exact way. Is meaning like um, and skills. Because the better your skills are, the more money you can ultimately make. Mm-hmm. Right. So make number one, make yourself as valuable as you can all right and so that's going to be investing in yourself first of all uh what's the second part of that question or can you repeat it again that was that was pretty much it just the next money moves for my high school college students out there oh yeah that's it Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not going i'm not really huge and big on like jumping and telling people to invest in this stock or that stock or Mm -hmm. where they should put money i feel like you should follow your passion and do something you're good at uh because if you do that you are going to automatically attract money to you you know what i'm saying just by being really good at what you do you know like we see it in sports all the time 
the best players get paid the most. Yep. They attracted the money to them. <laughs> Just like that. And so, um, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway. If I would have known that mm. at 18, 19, I would have literally just focused and played football like all day, every day. If I if I knew that you you could get like if you really honed in on your skills or your craft, I literally mm. would have just. It's that ten. It's that ten thousand hours. It's a ten thousand hour rule, bro. Mm-hmm. You put in ten thousand hours at mm-hmm. something, you bound to be good at it. You're gonna be good at it, man. Even. You yeah, you're gonna be an expert at it for real. Big even on your even on your worst day, you're gonna be good at it. <laughs> nah, you know? For real. Uh-huh. So I got one more question for you, man. Okay. I'm gonna read you two quotes and okay. you gotta tell me which quote is more accurate in your opinion. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So my first quote is money can't buy happiness. And my second quote is more money, more problems. Which one is more accurate in your opinion? Hmm. This is a good question. Yes, sir. Talk to me. This is a good question, man. Money can't buy happiness or more money, more problems. No, shout out, Big. <laughs> shout out, Biggie. You know what? I'm probably gonna have to go with more money, more problems. And the only reason why I'm gonna say that is because mm. they say money, money can't buy happiness. I would have to disagree with that. Okay. Only why I say that, because money can't buy things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. That's, but money shouldn't be the source of your happiness. So that's why. I'm, so let me <laughs> try to do, try um, try for for for, um, for people misunderstand that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. Money can't buy, but more money, more problems is 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 real. Because the more money you have, the more people will try to. I don't want to say take advantage of you. Mm. But um, or use you, but ain't nothing wrong with being used. Because if if you are being used, that means you have a useful purpose. So I would rather be used by people than not be used by people. Because if something can be used, that means it has a purpose or a value. If mm. it can't be used, then it doesn't have a purpose or a value. So what good is it? You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I ain't letting nobody use me. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Uh, only, only, only use you. It's got to be mutual. Let me, let me throw that in there. Most it's got to be. It's got to be mutual. Like you have to be able to use me, and I have to be able to use you. Some type yep. of way. We got to be mutual, able to use each other. Mutual equity. You got to mutual equity. So exactly, man. Exactly. So yeah, I'm gonna say money, more money, more problems is more true, uh, because like you say, money is just a tool. Uh, more times than not, the more of it you have, the more things kind of draw to you like more opportunities will start coming your way and it's really your opportunity or your job to find the right opportunity Mm -hmm. um because let's just think about it man let's say for everybody knew you had a billion dollars you know just chilling well i'm sure you're gonna start getting a bunch of phone calls out of out of nowhere family members coming out will work people gonna want you to donate to this cause, donate to that cause. You know what pay I'm saying? Pay for this, pay for pay that. Pay for that. Oh man, you got it. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, that that's that's a true true fact. And so, um, nothing wrong with it. You just just gotta kind of ins- insulate yourself with it. And just be prepared, and don't let money be your master. You be the master of the money. There's a difference. Big fact. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, don't never be a slave to money. Let money is your slave. Yes, sir. Got them bars on the bars on them, man. <laughs> Money gonna do what I say. Money go out there 
and bring some more money back with you. That's what I yes, tell my sir. money to go do. That's called investment right there. <laughs> yes, making that money your employer. Uh, yep, that's what it is, man. Yep. So, but yeah, man, that's a real good question. I appreciate Thank it, man. I appreciate yeah. it, man. You know, I appreciate your time. You know, thanks for joining us on FY Fly the Podcast. Let the audience know where to find you. Any final words? Go ahead, boss. Oh, man. It's been truly an honor and truly a blessing, man. I'm so excited to see FYI Fly, the podcast, the app, all that stuff. Um, hopefully, we can do this again. Uh, for everybody listening, you can find me on Instagram at All Heroes Don't Wear Capes. You can also find me on TikTok at Brandon Anthony Clark. And um, this year is all about expansion for me. You know, I, I've been kind of keeping this information in a, in a tight-knit kind of community, in a, in a small circle, and I kind of touch on it a little bit in my videos and things like that. But what I'm going to do this year is really just grow awareness as far as just life insurance in general so that way we can remove some of the, the uh, stigmas and the, the uh, misconceptions around the myths of life insurance. So I got a new website launching pretty soon here. Um, just stay tuned for that. Also, you can also catch me Tuesdays and Thursdays on my Instagram live. We host Money Talk Live Uncut, where me and my guy, the Prosperity Professor, um, we, we host live webinars and we uh, talk about ways you can increase your prosperity, increase your net, flow, net worth, your cash flow, things like that. So come check us out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I said, man, I really appreciate you coming, dropping these gems on us because we about to start changing our life with All life right, insurance. Yeah. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we're going to take it back to Remy G and me for one of our favorite segments called Did You Know? Let's go. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to FY Fly the Podcast. And y'all already know what time it is, or maybe y'all don't. But me and Mr. Make a Play finna let y'all know. Did you know? In 2020, 54% of Americans were covered by life insurance. Did you know? 50% of people overestimate the cost of life insurance. Did you know? A man's average premium is about 12% more per month than a woman's. Did you know? 38% of millennials refrain from purchasing coverage because they fear they won't qualify. Did you know? The average life expectancy in the U.S. in 2020 was age 77, down a full year from 2019. Did you know, the premium amount increases on average 8-10% to 10 for every year of age. In conclusion, to wrap it all up for my FYI fly folks, whole life and term life are both valuable options, but it all depends on a few factors. Your age, your family, your goals, their goals, and your health of course. The two type of options for life insurance are term life and whole life, but gee man, you want to give us the pros and cons of term life, and then I'll bring it home with whole life. How about that? Yes, sir. I got you, CEO. Well, the first pro of term life would definitely be the difference in the monthly premium payments. On average, you would pay $10 or $30 a month for term life, compared to $250 to $500 a month with whole life insurance. Another positive about term life is that it's simple to understand. You're covered for 10, 20, 30 years, and after those years, you'll need to renew. And if you don't and you die, then you have no death benefit. If you die in between those years, then you'll be covered. Simple as that. Not that we wishing death or nothing like that. I'm not FYI fly, folks. Just giving y'all some free game. Okay, but what about the cons, bro? Some of the cons are the fact that after your term expires, you'll need to renew your term, but it will be at a higher price. Another con will be the lack of a cash value account like whole life insurance has. This means you could pay 20 years on a term, and then after that 20 years is up, that money is left with the insurance company. If you pay 20 years in whole life, those monthly premiums would just grow bigger and bigger. Yes, sir. That's facts. 
And that's where that whole life insurance is so valuable. Some of the pros of whole life are that you could take advantage of a cash value savings account. You can also borrow money from your policy at a much lower rate. And your money will grow at a faster rate due to gains from the stock market. Now, there are some cons, of course. Some of the cons will be the higher cost in term life and the complexity of whole life. Well, we hope y'all learned a lot today. And for our action items, because y'all know we can't leave y'all without them, make sure to go lock in and do your own personal research on life insurance. Now, there are a lot of different variations out there. You just got to pick what works best for you, baby. But that's it from the FY Fly guys. And we need y'all to stay safe. Stay invested. And stay fly. Thank you all for listening to FY Fly, the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's FYI FLI Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly. But don't y'all go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned as each week here on FYI Fly, we like to give an independent artist a place to shine and gain some exposure. And this week we have Stay Down by Leek. Let's go. Baby girl, come slide. He disappeared for a day and a night. Spin a bag on the room with the penthouse vibes. Your friends ain't gotta know shit, they'll be alright. If they got a problem, they can take it outside. Too far gone, out of sight, out of mind. I'm focused on you, I ain't wasting no time. Just know for the night, you gon' be all mine. Get all the drink, the mood is right. Go to the balcony, you can see the lights. Gripping the booty, know my grip is tight. Let's roll together, I'm waking the tight. Turn on the music, time to get you right. Seems like you ready, always looking fine. All the little bite, no rolling your eyes. Roll out the dress with no panties inside. It started with a Kiss and another one follow. Jinnin' with the click, cause I know that it's hollow. Tongue came with a mother, so it's on auto. Tip on the lips, sent right to the swallow. Whip pound for pound, we ain't never stop. Reach us all rounds, we ain't see the clock.